0: Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rouleau. Finally, someone willing and able to blow the top off hidden healthcare and hospital dangers. She's provocative, upbeat, balanced, fearless, fresh. Pat has over 20 years of experience as a professional public speaker and knows how to approach this important subject with enough humor and wit to keep you informed, entertained, and empowered. And now your host, Pat Rullo. I can't bear getting no more, baby. I got too much pride. But I'll I, I survive. <laughs> Keyboard. So many crazy and weird information landed on my desk this week that I decided to address as many as I could. And because you know me, if it's weird. I have to share it with you. What are friends for, right? It started with an article titled, 37 Lies Americans Tell Themselves to Avoid Confronting Reality by Mike Adams, the health ranger. Now, don't worry. I only called out a few that have to do with our health. The article was from Natural News by Mike Adams. As I said, a man I would love to interview sometime. Got to work on that. The article reads in part, Have you noticed the incredible detachment from reality exhibited by the masses these days? The continued operation of modern society, it seems, depends on people making sure they don't acknowledge reality. Denial is what keeps every sector of civilization humming along. Medicine, finance, government, agriculture, and more. The trouble with the denial approach is that eventually the lies collide with reality. Until that day comes, however, happy-go-lucky Americans are merrily enjoying their courtship with self-delusion, repeating the following lies to themselves as if they were true. Here's the few that I picked out. Lie number one, all FDA-approved medications are safe to consume in any combination because the FDA protects the public. Lie number two, the mainstream media is telling me the truth when it reports on world events. We know about that one. Lie number three, chemical food additives are tested for their safety before being widely used across the food supply. Not. Lie number four, it doesn't matter where my food comes from as long as it's cheap and delicious. Lie number five, GMOs, genetically modified foods, must be safe to eat because a bunch of scientists paid by the biotech industry all tell each other that GMOs are safe and therefore have reached scientific consensus. Lie number six. Mercury in vaccines must be safe to inject into children. Otherwise, the CDC and the FDA wouldn't allow it to be used in vaccines. Lie number seven. Organic produce is a waste of money. I'll buy conventional produce treated with pesticides and herbicides because the cost of all cancer treatments I'll need 20 years later will be covered anyway. Lie number eight. Swallowing fluoride chemicals is good for babies and children, and that's why cities put fluoride into public water supplies. Lie number nine, flu shots prevent the flu. That's why the package inserts for flu vaccines openly state there is no scientific evidence to support any conclusion that influenza vaccines prevent influenza. That's a good one. Lie number ten, whatever is backed by science must be true. Science is never falsified by corrupt scientists or corporate agendas, and scientific conclusions are never wrong. Line number 11. Cell phone radiation is harmless. The reason we know that is because the cell phone companies hired scientists to say so. Line number 12. There's no need to be concerned about Ebola or other infectious diseases in America because the vaccine companies can always and instantly Create a new vaccine that works 100% of the time with zero side effects. Lie number 13. If I buy something at Whole Foods, it must be healthy and free from contaminants like toxic heavy metals. Or is it really? Lie number 14. Raw dairy products are dangerous and deadly because the FDA told me so. Those horrible farmers selling raw dairy products should be locked away in prison. Lie number 15. My oncologist recommends chemotherapy treatment for me only because he cares about my well-being, not because his clinic sells the chemotherapy drugs at a huge profit. Lie number 16, commercial dog food is healthy and nutritious for dogs. Dog treats made in China are also trustworthy and free from contaminants like lead. Lie number 17, the only way to prevent infectious disease is with a vaccine. Vitamin D and healthy immune support have nothing to do with it. Lie number 18. Cancer is caused entirely by bad luck or smoking and has nothing to do with the food I eat or chemicals in my personal environment. Lie 19. Autism isn't caused by vaccines, and the way we know that is because the CDC scientist who admitted to a massive conspiracy of scientific fraud to bury the evidence linking vaccines to autism should not be believed. And my favorite of all time ever if everyone else is doing something it must be the right thing to do after all how could so many people be wrong well how's that do you recognize yourself telling yourself some of these non-truths why well, think we all do or did at some point in our lives and today i'd like to explore some of those with some real life and current examples now, this is from Natural News titled, Our Drinking Water Contains Massive Doses of Prescription Drugs by L.J. Devon, a staff writer for Natural News. It states, if you drink tap water, there's a good chance you're taking in all sorts of pharmaceutical drugs at the same time. Massive doses of prescription drugs pass through people's bodies and into the sewage system. These chemicals are very stable and make their way back into the water supply unchanged. If you don't use appropriate lab validated water filters, you could be drinking a bizarre cocktail of drugs on a daily basis. Without even knowing it, you could be taking birth control, statins, SSRIs, psychotics, and, and now any other popular chemical that is now pervasive in the water supply. These secondhand medications could be interfering with your hormones, weight modulation, sleep patterns, your temperament cognitive function ability to handle stress and so on we're all being drugged up through the tap not only are people dumping unused and outdating prescriptions down the sewage system the pills they take also remain stable even after passing through their bodies and as more americans increase their intake of pharmaceuticals the amount left over in the water supply will only increase adversely affecting others who choose not to take them So what happens when the human population is slowly inundated with a random cocktail of these drugs over time? What do these leftover drugs do to the developing fetus? Are birth defects increasing due to silent pharmaceutical poisoning of their developmental process? And dozens of pharmaceuticals are found in U.S. rivers. A study published in Environmental Science and Technology Letters published water analysis data from 59 small U.S. streams. In the water, there were 108 pharmaceuticals one river actually contained 45 different drugs including the muscle relaxant methocarbamol the opioid painkiller tramadol an anti-epileptic drug and in nearly every sample the anti-diabetic drug metformin was found this pharmaceutically tainted water makes its way under the crop fields as well A study from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem found that crops irrigated with wastewater passed on significant levels of an epilepsy drug. And then the chemical was detected in the urine of those who ate the crops. One of the most worrisome class of drugs often detected are psychoactive drugs, and these are known to elicit unpredictable and suicidal behavioral changes in people. Wow, what a shocking finding, huh? Perhaps the only surefire way to protect your body and your mind is to invest in a scientifically validated water filtration system that removes heavy metals and pharmaceutical chemicals from the tap. I don't know, but I just thought I would share that. Well, now next of interest that passed my desk, Quaker Oats sued over glyphosate found in its all-natural oats. The truth is starting to come out about widespread glyphosate contamination of the food supply. Again, this is from nat- uh, Natural News. Quaker Oats, owned by PepsiCo, there you have it right there, has been sued over its all-natural oats containing high levels of glyphosate weed killer, sold as Roundup by Monsanto. The New York Times Talk about the media. Forever a defender of Monsanto and GMOs is blatantly lying to its readers by claiming that glyphosate found in Quaker Oats is nothing more than traces. When in reality, the glyphosate contamination of Quaker Oats was tested at alarming levels by a St. Louis laboratory using the ELISA technique and it revealed that glyphosate in whole wheat bread, bagels, hot cereals, coffee creamers, instant oatmeals, and more. Deadly glyphosate is now being sprayed on oats, wheat, barley, and other crops as a desiccant, which means it helps it to dry. And Quaker Oats admits that its oats are sprayed with glyphosate by farmers. This fact is a total shock to most consumers who are completely unaware that glyphosate is now routinely sprayed on non-GMO crops. And the Quaker Oats company is apparently staffed by people who are scientifically illiterate, and they believe it can wash off the glyphosate even though it's already soaked into the oats. So the New York Times continues, The company said it puts the oats it receives through a cleansing process. Any levels of glyphosate that may remain are trace amounts and significantly below any limits, which have been set by the EPA as safe for human consumption. Oh my gosh, that's a crazy paragraph. But in reality, here's the thing. Glyphosate survives food washing. Glyphosate residues are neither removed by washing nor broken down by cooking. This herbicide residue remains on food for more than a year, even if it's processed, dried, or frozen. Now, the EPA, supposedly called the Environmental Protection Agency, and now known as the Environmental Pollution Agency, has also colluded with the nation's worst industrial polluters to legalize the mass distribution of extremely toxic bio-sludge, which is recycled human waste and industrial waste, onto farmlands, crop soils, forage fields for dairy cows, children's playgrounds, and city parks. The sludge program, wow. And just as the EPA did with biosludge, it raises allowable glyphosate contamination limits to whatever numbers are desired by the biotech industry. The EPA is America's most anti-science regulator, abandoning real science at every opportunity so that it can push a pro-industry agenda of the mass poisoning of the soil and crops. And the scientifically illiterate New York Times pretends that whatever level the EPA sets is rooted in science of public safety. And it isn't. It's actually rooted in protecting corporate interests while poisoning the entire food system. And that, my friends, is exactly how glyphosate ends up in your Quaker Oats oatmeal, a product that used to be truly natural and safe to eat. And now I wouldn't touch Quaker Oats with a six-foot stick. Now, you may be asking, so what's the deal with glyphosate? Well, glyphosate causes cancer. Even at very low doses of exposure, glyphosate kills placental, embryonic, and umbilical cells. It's associated with genetic damage, mutations, including chromosomal aberrations, even at doses below those recognized as safe. And glyphosate was even implicated recently in the development of autism, neurobehavioral problems in children and other neurological diseases including Parkinson's and Alzheimer's yet Monsanto has convinced millions of farmers the American government and the European Commission that glyphosate is safe and Monsanto and government authorities have known about the toxic effects of glyphosate since the nineteen eighties and both the industry and regulators have kept the public in the dark genetic engineering in other words represents imperial politics of the worst kind, aiming at no less than control of the world's food by agribusiness. Wow, something to think about, right? And then there's this little nugget. And I found this to be of extreme interest as my granddaughter now has a tree nut allergy. Yes, allergic to tree nuts. And her Montessori school said, oh, don't worry, we are nut aware. Nut aware? Let me ask you this. Did you know of any schoolmate when you were growing up who was allergic to peanut butter? No, I didn't. Yet now, these nut allergies are as common as the common cold. Now, I've been scratching my head trying to figure out why. Coming up with maybe genetically modified foods is perhaps the culprit, and I wondered too about vaccines, not really knowing how or why that might contribute, until I found this. An article titled, Severe Childhood Allergies to Peanuts, Eggs and Dairy, Directly Linked to Trace Ingredients in Common Vaccines, by S.D. Wells of Natural News. Consider this. One century ago, you couldn't find anyone allergic to peanuts. But now it's commonplace for parents to send EpiPens to school for the teacher and nurse to keep near their children, just in case someone so much as opens a snack in the room that contains peanuts or even if someone opens a food product that was so much as manufactured in a facility that processes peanuts. So what's wrong with the human body that it would go into anaphylactic shock from a seemingly harmless food ingredient that couldn't harm a soul a 100 years ago? Today, peanuts cause the most common severe food allergy reactions and are the number one cause of death from food reactions, and for good reason peanut oil was never meant to be put in a syringe and injected into human muscle tissue. Say what? Yep. Peanut oil is a non-stated, hidden ingredient in children's vaccines. Back in 2010, one family had their six-month-old child taken away from them and they were accused in court of shaken baby syndrome until their attorney presented corroborating medical information about the child's anaphylactic reaction and swelling around the baby boy's brain that occurred as an immediate response to vaccinations. Which vaccines were those, you may be wondering? DTaP, Prevnar 7, and Rotatec, which is for the rotavirus. And guess what? The administered vaccines contained unlabeled peanut oil, which is used as an adjuvant, but was not listed on the vaccine inserts. Now, this doctor basically proved to the court that the child's allergic reaction to having peanut oil injected by vaccine had caused the massive brain swelling reaction that set the boy into shock. In the mid-1960s, peanut oils were first introduced into vaccines because scientists hypothesized that they could prolong immunity. Somehow, they thought the oil would act as a time-release capsule and within 20 years peanut oil was the preferred excipient meaning a substance formulated alongside the active ingredient of a medication for the purpose of long-term stabilization the dangers of its use however were well documented the problem doctors and scientists had lumped immune response with immunity making a very grave mistake that's still assumed to be true today the myth is that the greater the allergic response to the vaccine The greater the immunity that is conferred wrong today anyone who challenges this myth is referred to as anti-science anti-vaccine and a conspiracy theorist (laughs) there is no faster way for a doctor to lose their license to practice medicine than to challenge this commandment of vaccine mythology so when do these childhood allergies experience a massive upsurge in numbers the answer when the mandated schedule of the number and frequency of vaccines for children under age seven doubled and then tripled here's what that looks like in 1980 children under the age of seven had 20 vaccines 1995 40 vaccines 2016 70 vaccines yep i said 70 vaccines by the time a child is age 7. well So what's the easiest way to send a child's body into anaphylactic shock and create severe food allergies for the rest of his or her life? Well, inject intact protein from peanuts and eggs and dairy products directly into the infant's muscle tissue 36 times before the age of 18 months. When normal food becomes extremely toxic to children, the parents should review how those specific ingredients have been introduced to their children's bodies and what other dangerous trace amounts of carcinogens antibiotics and adjuvants emulsifiers preservatives additives brewing agents carriers and immune response stimulants are being injected into the body repeatedly for no logical reason i mean do you really know what's in most vaccines have you ever read the ingredients warnings reactions and the documented side effects on a vaccine insert well here's a summary of the most dangerous vaccine ingredients bovine cow serum which is extracted from cow skin And when injected, causes connective tissue disorders, arthritis and lupus, also shortness of breath, low blood pressure, chest pain and skin reactions. Hooray for cows. Sorbitol, the synthetic sweetener which metabolizes very slowly and aggravates irritable bowel syndrome and gastrointestinal issues. Hydrolyzed gelatin, derived from the collagen inside animal's skin and bones. Injecting gelatin poses the risk of infection from synthetic growth hormones and uh, mad cow disease. Sodium chloride raises blood pressure and inhibits muscle contraction and growth. Egg protein. Vaccines are prepared in eggs, and they're certainly not organic, and they may contain growth hormones, antibiotics, and salmonella bacteria. Then there's casein, also known as cow's milk protein, and many children experience severe allergic and life-threatening reactions to traces of casein found commonly in the DTaP vaccine. Thimerosal a neurotoxic mercury, which causes autism. There are 25 micrograms in one average flu vaccine, and the EPA safety limit is five micrograms. So children who are vaccinated simultaneously with multiple vaccines receive over 10 times the safety limit of mercury in one day. Then there's human albumin, formaldehyde, a highly carcinogenic fluid used to embalm corpses. Ranked one of the most hazardous compounds to human health can cause liver damage, gastrointestinal issues, reproductive deformation, respiratory distress, and cancer. Peanut oil? Enough said. And back to where I began, our water supply. Disturbing new research has indicated that salmon found in the Puget Sound tested positive for more than 80 different drugs, including cocaine, antidepressants, and dozens of other medications used by humans. As reported by the Seattle Times, the medicine chest of common drugs also included Flonase, Aleve, and Tylenol, Paxil, Valium, and Zoloft, Tagamet, Oxycontin, and Darvon, nicotine and caffeine, fungicides, antiseptics, and anticoagulants, and Cipro, and other antibiotics galore. Well, the presence of these drugs in the water appear to be related to the inability of the wastewater plants to fully remove these chemicals during treatment. Well, we can't really blame entirely the treatment plants. You have treatment doing its best to remove these chemically and biologically, but it's not just the treatment quality. It's also the amount that people use day to day and our assumption that it just goes away. I mean, shamefully, our own drug dependence is now poisoning other species as well. And then we eat them. Maybe it's time to start realizing that prescription pharmaceuticals, over-the-counter remedies and illicit drugs are doing us and our environment far more harm than good. We've bought into the big pharma-created myth that there is a chemical solution to all our problems, physical and mental, when in reality these substances are the cause of much of our dis-ease and general out-of-balance lifestyles. And one of the obvious lessons from the situation in Puget Sound is that when you make bad decisions at one level, there will be negative effects on other levels as well. We don't live in a vacuum, and our unhealthy lifestyles have an impact on all living things. We're simultaneously poisoning ourselves and our surroundings. Maybe it's time for another approach. And that is one of the reasons for my research and time spent on the study of essential oils and why I've chosen to offer my own line just for you. The website is tinydropseo.com. The E stands for essential, the O stands for oils. tinydropseo.com, where I focus on the mighty eight essential oils that can help with your health issues. Peppermint, lavender, tea tree, frankincense, sweet orange, clove bud, lemongrass, and eucalyptus. Now, yes, there are so many more than eight essential oils but sometimes when there are so many choices none get made and my conversations about essential oils are in no way meant to substitute for medical advice do not discontinue any of your treatments or medications essential oils can simply be an added measure you can take that are not bought and paid for by big government big pharmacy or big anything well at least not yet remember they can't patent a plant at least not yet. So to learn more about essential oils, visit my website, tinydropseo.com or you can call me and order by phone 440-725-5462. That's 440-725-5462. Tiny Drops, big results at tinydropseo.com. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up Radio. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the voice of Mrs. Green on the airwaves. Mrs. Green's World is a global movement of ideas and actions made up of people who care about their own health and the health of this planet. If you're interested in things like clean water, clean air, clean oceans, or would like to know more about just what it means to live a sustainable life, Please visit our website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. Hi, I'm Jana Paneritas, host of the AgeWise podcast. Let's face it, no matter how much you love someone, caring for them can be exhausting. You're going to have to get some help, but we've got to get very specific on what help looks like. Many of the guests on my show are caregivers like the one you just heard from. I love sharing their stories because they're lively and inspiring, and they're a reminder that on this often bumpy caregiving journey, none of us are truly alone. So join me each week at speakuptalkradio.com for caregiving stories from the field that will help you feel less alone. To learn more about the show, visit agewise.com. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z. If you don't have somebody who can sit with your loved one while you go see your doctor, then call your church, call your pastor, call your rabbi, call your priest. And if they won't help you, they get a new pastor, church, rabbi, priest. <laughs> right. You're listening to Speak Up and Radio, and I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, author of the book Speak Up and Stay Alive The Patient Advocate Hospital Survival Guide, recommended by the U.S. Army's Medical Department on their reading list and it should be on your reading list too that is if you'd like to stay safe during any health care or hospital encounter it's easy to read covers over 17 different hospital hazards with special chapters just for women veterans children seniors if you don't have a copy you really must order one today just visit speakupandstayalive.com or call me and order by phone lots of folks order the book that way so call me 440-725-5462. That's 440-725-5462. Well, we're running out of time. But remember, if you're looking for a speaker to enlighten and entertain your group, I'm your gal. Call me 440-725-5462. 440-725-5462. Well, my friend, I think we are out of time, but I will be back next week with more to share with you. Same time, same place, but never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice. Yeah, it was awesome. You're awesome. She's awesome. Isn't she awesome? Awesome. (laughs)